Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Fixing Your Agile Coaching. I am professional scrum trainer Ryan Ripley. Joining me is a good friend and fellow professional scrum coach, professional scrum trainer, all sorts of different things, right? Stephanie Ackerman. Stephanie, yeah. how are you? I am doing pretty well. How about you? Doing great. It's always wonderful to talk to you. Most people don't know, but uh, she's uh, Stephanie is just such a, a wonderful coach. We probably burned an hour of her talking me off of multiple ledges. And so she is the person I go to when I need to talk. And I think uh, she's going to help a lot of us here today, too. So let's get right into it. Stephanie, can a startup or can startup companies benefit from Scrum? This is like a big, big topic lately, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and it's something that um, anytime I've had the opportunity to work with a startup company and help them implement Scrum, it's always a really amazing experience. Um, and so the, the, the quick answer to the question is, can they? Like, absolutely. And the reality is, you know, any company who is dealing with complexity, unpredictability, rapid change, needing to, you know, like quickly test things in the market, being able to get quick feedback to validate learning, right? Like those are all the benefits of Scrum and definitely startup companies um, are typically experiencing that. Um, and there's something I think really special though about working with startups because a lot of them come from a very kind of natural way of bringing agility into how they work. They're typically already really embodying the yeah. actual values and principles, right? It's how they become successful as a startup company. And, and what I have seen with the startups I've worked with is they grow pretty quickly. And then what happens is things become so chaotic and they're so much more complex because just the more people you have to collaborate, you know, the, the larger and more complex your product is, the wider your, you know, your customer base is or the more varied your customer base is, right? There's a lot more complexities now to manage. And just working together and figuring it out um, becomes more challenging as you grow. And so what Scrum brings is it really just brings kind of like some, some base structure, like 
minimal amount of structure to really help them have greater transparency to what's happening, to be able to have more clarity in terms of accountability, because before everybody was kind of just throwing in and doing whatever to, right. to make it successful, which is great. And you definitely want that attitude. Uh, but as you grow that, that's just unsustainable. Um, and so just having a little bit more clarity around accountability, a little bit more structure and how we focus on product value, how we bring in um, iterative and incremental feedback loops, how we take actual time to say, like, let's pause for a moment and actually inspect what's happening, what have we learned, and then be more intentional in our adaptation. So it's like getting a little bit more strategic um, is possible, I think, when you leverage the Scrub framework to help you with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a really great kind of, kind of basis for the discussion, right? Cause I, we, we've both worked in these startup environments. I was actually an employee of a startup, um, not too long ago, uh, in the Chicagoland area. And what I noticed was, you know, scrum was such a great fit because these startups are typically insanely focused on shipping something. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that, but that also leads to some challenges because now it's like, well, this thing's not fully tested, but if we don't ship this, we get, we don't get our series a series, a funding and, but we want to ship and, but things are tricky. And, and so when you run into those kind of situations, Stephanie, where, you know, the desire to ship is just so overwhelming because if we don't ship, we don't get funded. If we don't get funded, you don't get paid. If we don't get paid, the company's over. Like, how have you seen some of those balances of, you know, this desire to ship versus this desire for quality. How do you kind of help companies work through some of those different dynamics that they have to face? Yeah. And um, what's coming to mind as you're talking is a specific organization I worked with. We did the two day um, at the time it was called uh, Professional Scrum Foundations. Now it would be called Applying Professional Scrum plus right. a coaching day. And I always recommend the coaching day um, when I'm doing this in a private training setting because it's like, now let's take everything we've learned and work through your specific challenges. And what they realized, like, like everybody in the room, there were, I think it was like 25 people or so that were the people who supported the entire app, like, you know, like the entire website. And they, and what they were realizing is like, how many products do we have? And they thought they had a whole bunch of products, like 10 different products. And then, you know, product was selling more. And it was like, we, and what they were really doing was like copying they were like literally just like copying code. I mean, I'm saying that really simply, but that's essentially what they were doing right. and creating a ton of technical debt to meet the sales cycle. And what, but they were about to come, they were about to grind to a halt because they couldn't support all of it anymore. And they couldn't just keep selling more. And so, um, and, you know, throwing more people at the problem, there's a point where that doesn't help you anymore either. And they were really at that point where they were successful and their, their technology team was like, uh, hold on, if you want to keep being successful, we need to have a real conversation. And what was great is they actually had their product management kind of represented in that training. And so they had like all these different perspectives and, and realized it all together. And then I was able to kind of coach them through, okay, so how do we, how do we balance the situation? How do we get out of the technical debt while still meeting a need, right? To make money, to keep growing our business. And there's no easy answers to that, but it really starts with the realization uh, and accepting here's where we are. And this is a both and scenario. There, there's no one right answers and we have to go through figuring out what's going to work for us and finding that balance. 
Um, and it's not easy. And I remember from that, uh, that engagement, a couple weeks later, maybe three or four weeks later, I got an email, a really long email from one of the people who um, I had worked with. And he said, he's like, it was really, really hard to work with our leadership, but they got it. You know, like these people aren't, you know, irrational, right? Like they were there from the beginning too. Like we all are in this together. There's a level of trust there. It was just a matter of the transparency that the Scrum framework brought allowed them to have those conversations and point towards, see how many times you interrupted us this sprint, see how much technical debt we have in this product that we've now taken the time to actually make transparent in our product backlog and tell you how much we are doing stuff manually, how much we are duplicating effort because of this complete you know, chaos of just like, go, 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 get it done as fast as possible. So Scrum enabled them to have the transparency, the data, that they could have a better conversation about it where it felt not just like, oh yeah, we get it, but we need to keep doing this. It was like, oh wow, okay. I see what you're talking about. This is serious. We're all in this together and we need to figure out a way forward. Yeah, I think that's a transparency for the win, right? And and, and so a lot of the times we'll see teams and, and scrum masters and agile coaches really have a, a negative attitude towards management leadership. If only they would get it. If only it's like, well, wait a minute. You got to make it visible. You got to make it well understood that this is just like you you laid out. And if we do that. I think it enables the the management, the leadership, the sales team, especially to make a new and better decision. If we don't do that, things get crazy. Yeah, um, and it helps you to scale things like, and I don't mean scale in, you know, like a scaling framework. I just mean right. in terms of like the, the level of understanding we have around product value, right? And the various different ways that we can look at that, right? It sort of gets us a little bit more... Um, wanting to be professional in both the technology, like the technical side of our skill sets, the product side of our skill sets. Um, and then also beyond that, like you think about scaling your company, like what makes people want to work here, right? You know, like what makes us a great organization that cares about people and grows really amazing teams and has a really high employee retention and satisfaction rate. So like all of those things, um, I think Scrum can help enable those to also be important. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think Scrum can, well, well it, take it back to the manifesto, right? There's, and I'm going to poorly paraphrase one of the principles where it's, you know, build environments uh, with motivated individuals, give them the, the tools and trust that they need and, you know, let them go forth and do great things. I've yeah, totally absolutely. butchered it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and what I, what I like about that is, that naturally happens when startups are together and then right. they just need a little bit more tools and structure, right? To kind of help them through those growing pains. Yeah. And, and from an agile coaching perspective, I, I just, I remember before agile coaching was a thing um, I'm sitting in, in a, in a CEO's office where we were hanging out after a very difficult day of not delivering something. And you know, what I like about the startups is typically they have a very well-stocked beer refrigerator. Right. And so after five o'clock, you grab a beer and you sit down and, and this is probably 20 years ago. And, and we're just talking. He goes, you know, Ryan, when it was just 15 of us, we were shipping things every, every hour. Mm. And he's like, now that there's 100 of us, we can't get a single thing out the door. And you might have used some colorful language around that that I'm going to spare everybody. But and I was just and I just asked him, why? Why can't we get there? And he says and, and his answer was just he's like, I no longer know. Mm. 
And so we actually went to the the team um, and we ran through that. Why is it so hard to ship? And I think that is such a simple question that could lead to a wall filled of filled with post-it notes or a mural board filled with virtual stickies. And now we got to work through that and we got to sort through that. And, you know, as we grow as a, in a startup, and this is, I think, and I'm sure you've seen this too, the, the, the downside of growth is the accumulation of this technical debt and these other issues that you've talked about. And if you refuse to address them, if you refuse to address the growing pains that startups inevitably, inevitably will go through, you get stuck. Yeah. Right. And that yeah. getting stuck means you're not getting acquired. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. There there are tangible right dollar impacts uh, to these okay. choices. And um, what I'm also starting to notice is I'm I'm getting more engagement with the non-technical teams yeah. in startups because they're recognizing that, like, we're all in this together. We're all here to support the bigger thing. And if we're not capable Right. Of supporting this in terms of, you know, maybe it's marketing, maybe it's, um, you know, like the people side of the organization. Right. And, and how we how we create policies and recruit amazing people and, you know, keep, you know, the, the training and career development going. Right. Like all of those things, you know, um, you know, that that's going to affect um, your ability to run a business, not just to be able to ship products. So there's so many complexities. And I, um, what, one of the things I do love about working with startups, though, is that you don't spend as much time trying to convince them around like the values and principles, um, you know, of agility and the strong values and the importance of teamwork. Um, so you can really dive more into like, okay, let's actually now leverage empiricism. Like, let's talk about what does it mean when we have to make choices where there's no one right answer, but we're trying to balance the need to ship quickly and the need to have a quality product, right? Like you can have a more meaningful conversation and kind of dive straight into those meaningful conversations. And they're more willing to own their process. They're more willing to own their implementation of Scrum um, versus that, like, just tell me how to do it. Just tell me how to do it. Um, and so, so yeah, like that's one of the things I really love about working with startups is they're, they're willing to own it and they just need a little bit of support, a little bit of guidance. Um, and anytime I like go back after working with a startup and kind of see like, where are you at? You know, what can I help you with now? Um, I'm always just so amazed by like where they've taken things on their own. Um, and then they're like ready. They're like, okay, now here's our new challenge, right? Like, yeah help us with this. Like what, what other techniques should we be looking at or what are we missing? Um, and so it's always a really, um, a really amazing experience for me. Yeah. No. And I, I think we're going to leave it there. I think Stephanie, those are some really great comments about startups. I think that the startup life is fascinating. If you've never tried it, highly recommend it. Um, it, it's a huge, for me, it was a huge shift from, you know, the big fortune 500 cruise ships that are, um, they've got plenty of money and so they don't necessarily have to change. And you go into this startup environment, they have to change. Mm -hmm. And it's such a different dynamic that, uh, and I think you've explained it incredibly well. For those of you that are interested in Stephanie's coaching offerings, I highly, highly recommend them. As I said, she's my coach uh, informally. I Maybe I abuse our friendship every once in a while with like, hey, Stephanie, what do you think of this? I hope, hopefully not. I hope, hopefully I pay it back in craft, craft brewed uh drinks, but um, she's great. Check out agilesocks.com. I think you're going to find a lot of awesome offerings, especially if you're a scrum master 
an agile coach. If you're looking to up your game, uh, there's few better in the industry who can help you. And so agilesocks.com is where you can get more information about Stephanie, her offerings, and her great coaching cohorts that I think you'll enjoy. Stephanie, thank you so much for your insights on startups. And uh, I think we'll see you next time. I'm going to shift it to the end plate. Be sure to check out Agile for Humans as well. A lot of socials. Click that like and subscribe. We're going to have a lot more videos with Stephanie. So hit that like and subscribe so you know when we drop those. Check out the videos below. The algorithm from YouTube thinks you'll like them, and we do too. Uh, I'll tell you what, for next time, uh, we'll keep going down this path, right? What are some of the things we can think about as scrum masters and coaching? Uh, leave your questions and comments below. We like seeing what's on your mind. Maybe one of your questions we'll pick up in a future episode. Uh, but for Stephanie Ackerman, I am Ryan Ripley. Get out there and fix your agile coaching. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on.